Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. You're listening to the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast. Just a sample of the best pro wrestling podcast we can produce on our tiny budget. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, at Podmania, YouTube, and Instagram, at The Real Podmania. If it's wrestling you want, check out more of our great content at www.podmania.weebly.com. Let's do this. My name is Chris O'Brien, and I'm a bona fide... Tai Chi, and I love Tai Chi, and you can teach that. This right here, he's Rob Goodwin. I assume he's around five foot eight, and you can't teach that. <laughs> and this right here, it's Garth Jackson, and he's a daddy, and you can't <laughs> teach that. <laughs> Bada boom, only guys in the room. How you doing, guys? <laughs> I'm all the better for that. <laughs> <laughs> that is the best thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm glad it went better than last week. <laughs> oh, my God. That's that's incredible. Have you got that written down as well? No, I just came up with it after the road dog one tanked. Oh, wow. That's, that's pretty impressive. doing you on every time. Oh, God, don't <laughs> yeah, tell him that. Oh, Jesus. I want a um, rock one. <laughs> Fine, no. Anyway, so hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Young Lion Podcast. I am joined by, as I've already said, Matt. Matt? No. Fuck, Rob. I... It started so well. I'm I'm nervous, but I've never done a three-person podcast before. I'm with Rob. Hello, Rob. I'm with Gaff. Now, Gaff, you're, oh. back, you're back in Japan. How does it feel? It feels good. It feels... It feels right, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Uh, it's uh, it's the right, yeah. It's like anyway, WrestleMania, but better. It is like WrestleMania, but better in a packed Tokyo Dome, which is amazing. We're here to talk about Wrestle Kingdom, just early show runner for show of the year. It always is, and it's going to be amazing. There's no news this week because God, we have two shows to talk about, and me and Rob are probably going to gush over half of this card. It's going to be amazing, but we start, ladies and gentlemen, on the Never Openweight six-man tag. Now, guys, what did you think about the loss of the New Japan Rumble? Um, I was looking forward to it. I love, I, I, lo- I love a good battle royale, but, you know, this was good. It was a, it was a nice change-up. It's an easy way to yeah, pop is for Rumble because, yeah. like, again, I said I said this last time, but like when Scott Norton came out, I was just like, oh my god, it's Scott Norton of all people. Like Haku came out one year, Captain New Japan, um, and because of it, like Tai Chi wasn't on this card, Jushin Thunder Liger wasn't on this card. Just like a lot of big names weren't on this card because of the loss of the Rumble. But to be fair, this opening scramble was absolutely amazing, and. I'll just ask you guys, what did you think of the scramble overall? Um, Rob, start with you. Um, I liked it. It was a nice way to open the show. It got everyone into it. Like, me and you were texting each other. We watched it live, and we said, like, this was a great way to wake everyone up. I thought David Finlay looked great to get two roll-ups straight away before he got absolutely flattened by Killer Elite Squad. I thought, you know, it's good to see that he's 
on the up and up. Hopefully he'll have a slightly better year than he's had. I thought, Jesus Christ, is there a better way for New Japan to give a big middle finger to the elite? Jesus Christ, have them come out first and have them rolled up almost instantly. Um, in five minutes. In five minutes. In Four minutes, of, 39. In one of the most ridiculously nonsensical bits of all time because there was no reason for Chase Owens to get onto the apron at all. But, you know, it was unceremonious. But you know what? Ultimately, it it proved a story beaten. Ultimately, I don't <laughs> yes. really care if they go right now, <laughs> if I'm honest. I'm happy with... David Finlay is now the winningest man in New Japan so far this year. They did make that point in uh, in the New Year's Dash. I am going to say the fact that we didn't open this show with Kazanina Rei is an absolute fucking travesty. And... It is. But at the same time, I don't... Like, they clearly wanted Suzuki Gun at the end, and I don't think they wanted them to do the distance because Lance Archer just can't do a 20-minute match. So... <laughs> He barely lasted five minutes. Oh yeah, blown out with us. Yeah, Lance Arch is just sort of a weak link in Suzuki Gun, but you know what? It was fun. I popped quite a few times in this match. Yuji Nagata looked like a fucking boss at what 105. Mm-hmm. Like he's ridiculous. Jeff Jeff Cobb made me enjoy a Goto sequence, which is very hard. Um, Chucky T continued to be crazy. Uh, <laughs> This will elaborate on that more in the news match, but I thought this was a really fun way to start the show. Uh, my pick win, I believe, is one of the only wins I got all night. And I don't know, I really enjoyed this. I'd go as far high up as a seven out of ten for this match. Wow, Garth, you can I liked them. Um, <clears throat> I just I enjoyed seeing more of um, Cobb because I thought they made him look like a monster. Yeah, like having to sort of constantly sort of double team and triple team him, um, and then it was obviously um, Smith who got the sort of pin on him. Which I mean, the fact that he, he he's he's just like deceptively big, mm-hmm. like David Boy Smith Jr. Because you look at like when he's next to Jeff Cobb, we're pretty much sort of same sort of size. I just I love Big Man versus Big Man. When I was watching that, I immediately thought I'd love to see Jeff Cobb versus Brian Cage. Mm. It's just, it's I think that most... might have happened, actually. Um, probably probably happened in Lucha Underground or something. Like no, that. um, oh no, it probably would have. Yeah, and it has happened in Lucha Underground. I think. Yeah. I think that'd be amazing. But um, <laughs> I think I don't know. Overall, it was just really really good. Didn't get me pick, but I can't get everything. Yeah, um, Toriano um, and um, Taguchi were out the correct amount of bollocks in this match. Like, yeah. we didn't go over the top, but it was enough to get we laugh out of you. Just funny, yeah, yeah it was good. It was yeah. the correct amount of comedy without going over the top. I was worried with Taguchi and Yano being in the same team. I was like, this is going to be ridiculous. But there was a moment where Yano, is, uh, he'd just been tagged in, and he turned around to Taguchi, and Taguchi attempts to try and give him tactics, and there's a bit where he just stands there and goes, I do not understand what you are saying, and he gets <laughs> speared by Lance Archer, which is quite cool. There's also a bit that I really enjoyed where Lance Archer does old school. And he seriously goes about yeah. three quarters of the way across the ring on the top rope. And you can actually see Suzuki looking at him as though to go, fucking hell, that's quite impressive. Well, and, then, and then he tags um, Davy Boy in. I thought that was a great spot. Like, um, <laughs> like, did Taker ever do that? Because if not, he missed a fucking opportunity. He really did. And then, of course, I really enjoyed, similar to you, Garth, how you like, you know, the two big men basically biffing the shit out of each other. Um, I really like the Suzuki and Makabe exchanges. 
You know, I just love two men yeah, literally yeah. beating the shit out of each other with forearms. It was just really enjoyable. That seemed to be like a running theme through the whole card. <laughs> like sort of, uh, for, forearms to the neck. <laughs> yeah. I was, anyway, so lads, out of ten. I've gone six and a half. Six and a half? We don't do halves on here, so. Uh, I'll go six in relation to the other matches. All right. Um, Rob? Um, I'm going to go six, but I will say okay. that I prefer this structure than the New Japan Rumble because not only I does think, it get people on the I think card, we have time to both. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. I just feel like this has a purpose, and I think if you're not going to have the six man belts defended on the show, which to be fair, I'm completely fine with because where would you fit them on this show? Then at least. You know, there's a purpose, there's a structure, there's a story to it, and I really appreciate that. Yeah, um, I'll go. I'll agree with six, and so this isn't my hell to die on. It's just the opening match. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna have a lot more decisions as the night goes on. It was a perfect sort of appetizer. Yeah, um, you know, you say this woke you up, Rob. You know, what woke me up the fucking streaming issues. It kicked me out of the stream three times, three <laughs> separate times, and I don't. And I was in the stream, and it just suddenly said, "Server just." Um, server not around. I'm like, what the fuck? I was in the server. Where did the server go? Yeah, just... I mean, there was there was a tweet that I think New Japan sent out not long after the stream had finished, and it said, we know that we've had issues during this, and we managed to correct it halfway through, but if it affected anyone's viewing, then we're sorry. I was like, it's a bit late now. It's been finished for an hour. But... Yeah, I know. It's a bit ridiculous. And this, the same thing happened last year. I was one of, like, there's always those lucky people who don't experience it, and I was one of those lucky people last year. Yeah, but, I didn't experience like, it. Like you've that. had a whole year to prepare. You had a whole year to prepare. Yeah, and you and you know that you're a growing company who's going to have more people on your server every year for you, basically a WrestleMania. So fix that shit. You know, people people are reportedly having trouble subscribing again as well. Yeah. Um. To be fair, I don't know why they would wait until five minutes before the fucking show starts to resubscribe yeah. to a site where they don't speak the language. True. Like it <laughs> takes me longer than that when I'm signing up to Netflix. But yeah, moving on onto the actual match, which I managed to get in just in time for Osprey's entrance, which was epic. Um, Will Osprey versus Kota Ibushi and Dream Match. Yes, Dream Match. Yeah. It, it had me had, and just what I this didn't I, this didn't quite live up to like the ten out of ten me and Rob were projecting. But at the same time, we were probably told, "Hey, we have a long fucking card. Don't ruin it for us." Yeah. So I think this was properly good. I am completely sold now on Osprey's uh, heavyweight, but I'm sure we'll get into that more in a second. Rob, I'll let you go first on this one. Um, I love this match. I think if yes, you are going to get amazing. people hyped up for a show, A, you know, I've never really noticed Will Osprey's entrance music before, but fucking hell, what a way to open a show. You know, his attire, yeah. everything about him. And the fact, you know, he's added more heavyweight moves to his repertoire. He's actually striking more as opposed to just doing the, in inverted commas, flippy shit. You know, and to be honest, one of the people you don't want to get engaged in a striking fight with is Kota Ibushi. But he held his own. He looked good. Um, there was a bit at the end, which obviously we'll talk about when we get there. But overall, really, really, really good match. There was just enough flippy shit for you to think, do you know what? This is still a Will Ospreay match. <laughs> But it's got me very, yep. very, very excited for you know what is inevitably going to be Will Osprey in the G1. That's the thing with Osprey; he needs to sort of keep the flippy stuff that got into the game, but like incorporate it. Like 
do flippy shit that looks effective, not just flippy shit for the sake of flippy shit. But uh, um, basically, did do what he did with Jimmy Havoc, and he's fine. Anyway, Gaff, what did you think? I really enjoyed it. I mean, this was one of the ones I was looking forward to most. Um, immediately, you could see as well that Osprey was packing more weight straight mm-hmm. away. I mean, he's definitely bulked up. Um, but to be honest, sort of, I don't know, five minutes in or something, I was like, this is a little bit underwhelming. It was a bit sort of, I don't know what's the word. You, you were, like, you felt a bit short change up the start. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I've got written down my notes, some nice flippy shit at the start. And that's <laughs> exactly how it started. But then there was just things that really irk us, stuff like, and that always has and always will, where you see someone standing in front of absolute age outside, waiting for someone to jump on them. Mm-hmm. And in a match like this, you expect it to be a bit more sort of, sort of, Hit, hit, hit. Not yeah, there was a lot of downtime I was surprised by. But yeah. like, I, I think they were trying to go for a more heavyweight style where we build up to that stuff and it yeah. built up to an... Because quite frankly, I'm a subscriber to a match a match quality doesn't matter until the last um, to the last stretch. And the last stretch in this was just amazing. I mean, honestly, till, until he changes that thing, I fucking hate the cheeky Nando's thing. <laughs> He needs to Honestly, change that name. That it's it's from that point where it started getting good. Where he did that, mm-hmm. um, sort of way, like sort of Ibushi sort of counted the Stormbreaker into like the Hurricane Like that was amazing. That's when I sort of sat up and thought, right, that's it. Now it's they're off. And from there, I mean, when Ibushi hit his nose on the post, oh, that was brutal. That was legit. Sort of looked like sort of smash his nose in. He, he, he got a concussion. Um, I don't think it was from that, but I think it was from that fucking that strike. Fucking strike from behind. That, I that know. Was awful. Like um, um, that was a bomb AA level audible yeah. gap from me. <laughs> like if he called that the bomb bomb AA forearm or whatever, I don't think anyone would complain. It's horrible. The but then you had the yeah. Obviously, try to recreate that flip sort of um, bit as well. We sort of flipped them from the rope. Mm-hmm. And Osprey land on his feet, and they tried that camera shot again. I Didn't don't think it was quite good, but I mean, it was still a good spot. They really sort of gave there. that away. And that's a build-up thing yeah. if you're going to do it, and they already did it. So I don't know why you tried to replicate it. The crowd loved it. The crowd oh, was the, into it. oh, the crowd loved. It. Loudest Wrestle Kingdoms I've ever watched, yeah. and and especially to start it, this was probably the hottest way you could possibly start this show. And it was, it was definitely sort of. It was one that sort of. Like sort of to the slow rise, and then it just sort of petered out, and you were just at the end of it, you were a bit sort of knackered watching it. Yeah, in a um, in a good way. Yeah, in a. I think they will headline at some point again this year on one of the say a destruction show or maybe maybe at Tentaki or something, and I think that will be a better match. But I think this is a great first match considering these yeah. two have only ever wrestled in tags before. So definitely, I don't, definitely I, see, you can definitely see Osprey making the step up yeah he's definitely he's changed his style enough for it to for me to be sold on it um so what would you give this lads nine out of ten i'll give it eight 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 out of ten um i'd give it eight and i'd give it eight because well a it had one of my favorite um little sort of what's the word i'm looking for little passages uh, of the entire show where they were just reversing power bombs 
and it was just brilliant. Mm-hmm. And then you got Osprey trapping Ibushi in that tree of woe and literally just stomping yes. on his face. Um, which is good because obviously people have said is Osprey vicious enough or savage enough to to make the jump to heavyweight, and I think here he showed that he has. Also, <laughs> this year, two thousand eighteen, has seen the most never openweight championship title changes with six, and almost all of them have included uh. Goto. Six title changes in one year. Mm-hmm. And it changed hands five times in 2016. It's also changed hands at the, each of the last four, five now Wrestle Kingdoms. Can you even name the other three runners this year? Uh, yeah, I can. But okay, go for it. Okay, so we had Goto. Yes. Uh, we had Ibushi. We had yeah. Suzuki, who yes. were going into Wrestle Kingdom 12. Um, we had Jeff. Co- uh, sorry, not Jeff Cobb. We had Michael Elgin. Yeah. And there that's it, isn't it? No. Is there one more? I'll hurt you, Rob. I'll fucking hurt you. <laughs> I don't understand. I think I've no. I've said I've said everyone. <laughs> you, 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 dick. <laughs> oh, Tai Chi had it, didn't he? Of course. Yeah, God. This is sacrilege. You had a fucking better reign than um, Elgin did. Come on. Elgin had a nine-day reign. That was ridiculous. There was he no need helped. for that. To be fair, they they took it off him because of his US show, and Elgin is t- a toxic draw in the US now. But just don't fucking put it on Elgin in the first place, then. I'm, I Simple. agree with you. I agree with you. He's not enough for draw. But anyway, we we we've ranted about this enough. So anyway, um, I'll disagree with you and say eight out of ten, then, just so we're not arguing quite yet. Um, on to um the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Type Freeway match. With LAJ picking up the win over Pungi 3K and Suzuki Gun, neither neither me or Rob had this. I don't think. Did you have this, Rob? No, I had Rapungi no. 3K. We both had Rapungi 3K, and to be fair, I'm happy with the result. To be honest, is probably the most interesting result they could have had. Yeah, I agree. It was, um, it was a decent match. It was. Obviously, a toilet break match, like it's, cool how, down. Especially, I mean, how do you follow what came before as well? Exactly. Anything put in this match was a death zone, and if any cat match on this card could be a death zone, it was this one. So, um, I mean, I agree with both. This went six minutes and fifty-one seconds, yes. which, when you consider that the Osprey and Ibushi match was eighteen minutes and twelve, eighteen minutes and twelve seconds, and this was, you know, thirteen. Sorry, all right, 13, dickhead. <laughs> God! Um, I mean, there's there's very little, despite the quality that you've got in the ring, because every single person in that ring, with the possible exception of Kanemaru, but that's simply because he's getting on in age, you know, can go yeah. in that match. If you're only giving them seven minutes or under seven minutes, there's only a, a handful of things that they can do. Um, we the got... thing is, with this match, each team has an obvious star. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I love the uh, Tagagi. Um, Shingo. Yeah, I like him. He, he's great. Um, he actually um, figures in for that. He was responsible for a rise in um, attendance the tour after he joined LIJ. Brilliant. So, yeah, absolutely. I just thought he's, he just had this sort of, you know, like a meanness to him. He um, is amazing. I went back and watched some of his Dragon Gate stuff. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> Uh, but the problem really is, um, 
Oh, well, actually, not a problem. I don't know what I'm saying. Problem. What made me really excited is Shingo versus Yo. No, Yo, Show. Fuck. Uh, Shingo versus Show. Show. Just whoa. Fuck. There's oh, too the many br- things. There's like too brutal, many O's. The brutal. The brutal. Yeah, the brutal like Shing. He has a clothesline from hell. Yeah. He does, and they previewed it very, very, you know, very, very briefly. The showdown between Tagagi and sorry, Tagaki. Or Shingo. Let's just go in Shingo. Shingo and Show. But yeah. ultimately, Shingo absolutely squashed him. Because not yeah. only was it Show who ended up taking the pin, it was Show who's part of the double um pumping bomber. And then it was him that took mm-hmm. another one and then took last of the dragon. So, you know, it was a gr- it was a good match and it was good for what it was there for. Um I felt really sorry for Suzuki Goon, who at the point of Wrestle Kingdom were 44 days away from becoming the longest reigning junior heavyweight tag team champions. And they've had such an underrated reign. It was, we did have a, it was a solid reign and we didn't exactly have the best um, competition with the exception of Rapungi 3K because I think one of the other challenges they had was um, Jushin Liger and Tiger Mask. Yes, it was. And they don't work well together because they're not a fucking tag team. They're just two legends who wear a mask. No. Yeah, and but you know what? Irrelevant of the competition, I think they've done a decent job. I think their reign ended up at 304 days, mm-hmm. which is, you know, really, really impressive. Shingo it's the longest reign fucking... in the past five years. That's right, yeah. Um, Shingo was... The thing is, it was brilliant. the longest reign in the last five years at Dominion when they had held it for three months. So, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, do we all agree? Well, no, let's much. say... How long um, do we think before Shingo becomes a heavyweight? He's going to have at least one best of Super Juniors. And like, there's no room for him in the heavyweights right now. We need someone like Shingo in the juniors. He looks like a monster. He does. He does. He look, I, I think I had dreams about him when I was a kid. <laughs> uh, I mean... He, he looks like bloody uh, Nakamura, like on juice. He does. <laughs> like a steroid-infused Nakamura. Yeah. I think my my favourite bit was there was a bit where everyone was in the ring and Shingo was in the middle. And you know when you go onto a playground and you see that one kid who's like three years older than everyone else that's playing football with the little kids? That was what it looked like. Um, (laughs) What it looked like to me was when like Viscera was in the middle of the Royal Rumble. Yes, it did. (laughs) Humping Matt Hardy into oblivion. Um... (laughs) Unbelievably, oh, oh would, god, that would be amazing. Oh, it was that horrible. Would be, I would pay for that. I would pay I'd subscription to New Japan World just for Shingo humping Matt Hardy. But <laughs> can we just say as well, show deadlift German suplexing both Shingo and Kanemaru at the same time? Fucking fair oh, play. Yeah, absolutely. Show is a fucking beast. I cannot wait for best of Super Juniors because he's just the best. He's the most underrated singles guy in the Juniors right now. He's an obvious star. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I'm thinking six out of ten for this match, like slightly above average, but yeah, only had six done. minutes. Same. Yep, same. Rob, no, I agree. Great. Next up, we have Tamasu Ishii versus Zack Saber Jr. And first of all, um, Chris Roberts was in this match. This was much more shocking the first time I revealed this to you guys, <laughs> but uh, he was the number five most trending person in the UK. Um, on Twitter because people were just so excited to see him which to be fair is great because normally when I see him he's getting booed um, 
So is he like is he like a character ref? Is he like a? He was in progress. He was their main ref, and um, I think he made a bad call in a Havoc versus Osprey match, and people have just booed him ever since. Um, he's effectively known by the um, progress match um, faithful as Cheeseboard Wanker. Um, oh, and every time they'd ask him what his favorite cheese was, he'd change his answer to something less posh. So he'd stop getting called P- Cheese Balls Wanker, and it didn't work. Um, but also, um, the Rev Pro Heavyweight title. What do we think, guys? I like it. It's all right. I don't like it. I know you it's don't. I know you don't. I know. We went over this about 10 minutes ago. Um, <laughs> Why don't you like it, Chris? <laughs> because it looks like a Ring of Honor title, but smaller and for a shit promotion. Okay, right. You've st- got to stop hating on Rev Pro. You have it's got that... to stop hating on Rev they Pro. They jobbed out Walter to fucking Kojima. Admittedly, that's not great. No, it doesn't make them look great, no. And they pretended um, that Strong Style of Old was a New Japan show and it was really just a Rev Pro show. They had to trick people to go see them. Um, so, yeah, not fair ma- enough. Not massive on them. Not massive on them. But anyway, this match was great. Uh, um, I've just heard Garth's opinion. So, Rob, what's your opinion on it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, Garth. I'm going to say mine and then you can repeat what you said the first time before my internet cut out. Um, it's fine. <laughs> do you know what? I, I thoroughly enjoyed this match. You put Zack Sabre Jr. and Tomohiro Ishii into a ring, and it's not—it's never going to be bad, is it? Um, no, you know, it never has. Exactly. I mean, it lasted just under twelve minutes, eleven minutes thirty-seven seconds, and they told such a great story in that time. You know, the fact that Ishii could not use his arm because Zack was fucking it up. It was just—it was brilliant. The entire story of the match was brilliant. The right person won because he was my prediction, um, and just generally, it was a really, really good match. Stiff as fuck. Ishii looked like he was genuinely trying to kill Zach at one point. Um, Zach's PK—I thought he was going to kick Ishii's rib cage out of his back. Um, yeah. Do you know what? Really good match. Thoroughly enjoyed it. I expected nothing less. Yeah, it was absolutely amazing, Gaff. Um. My favorite match of the night, by okay. yeah, just, just it's just my type of match. I love the sort of submission style, um, especially when it goes up against sort of a powerhouse style because it's sort of complements. Um, just like I said before, it, it just reminds it for, for being watching for this long. I have sort of favorites, and Zack Sabre Junior. Saw reminders of Dean Malenko. It's unbelievable. Um, Especially like a young Dean Malenko, sort of early WCW. He doesn't really have the power game Malenko had because you yeah. see Malenko and he's doing power bombs off the top rope. That can't it's, do that. It's just the, the fluidity of his moves mm. and the fact you, that you, you genuinely believe that he has a move for every situation. Yeah, it's amazing. What you didn't see here was his orienteering with Napan Def, where he just rips <laughs> the guy's legs apart. It's amazing. But it's ridiculous. Also, what you didn't quite. <laughs> It's a Monty Python reference, apparently. <laughs> I haven't watched Monty Python. Um, but also, um, what you didn't really see in this match, surprisingly, was how fascinating Zack Sabre Jr. is when he moves about. Like, just how he goes into a lockup is fascinating really to watch. Of, he's really sort of um, like low, sort of low centre of gravity. <laughs> exactly. Um, it's, it's like, when I was watching it as well, like that sort of thing that he was doing, it was like, shit, it's like watching Owen Hart. Like that yeah, sort of stuff, he, where he's going for the ankles and he's sort of trying to sort of feel for the legs and stuff. I just love all that stuff. And like Rob mentioned, you can 
he, he worked the arm, so it told the story where Ishii's shoulder, um, elbows weren't really causing much damage. He couldn't use his power game, other than the fact that he chucked him off the top rope halfway across the ring. And Don Callis fed the story as well, which Don Callis had a really, really, really sort of influential part in some of the matches. So I've... just fe- just feeding the story more and more. Really, really good. Just I hate match. that you guys do impact because I just miss Don Callis. I absolutely miss Don Callis. He is the best thing He's a treasure. on this whole show. Um, <laughs> um, just amazing. Um, for me, this match, how would you feel if I told you the best match these two have had? Sorry? How would you feel if I told you this wasn't even the best match these two have had? I'd say tell us the best match and I'll go and watch it. Yeah, it's the G1 match we had earlier this year. I forget what day, but it was one of the headliners. And just Ishii tapped out, and that just that's like watching Taker tap out. It just doesn't happen. Come on. Like an audible gasp. This match was absolutely amazing. I, it's a contender for match of the night, absolutely. But this was just great stuff. Everything was creative. Every strike meant something. Just wouldn't change anything. I'd give it a 9 out of 10. Definitely, yeah. That's my, my score, nine. Cool, um, Rob? Uh, yeah, I'll go nine. Why not? Good thing. <laughs> good, good stuff. Good stuff. Now, on to the tag titles. And I have a very quick um, John Callis quote here. Every day is close to the end when you're that age in in regard to... Uh, who is it? Fuck, who's the old guy in this? <laughs> I forget. No, no, I've, I've messed up a Don Callis quote. Shit. Anyway, the tag titles. What do you guys, Tamatonga and Tangaloa versus Lij versus the Young Bucks? What do you guys think of Tamatonga's new gimmick? Love it, absolutely <laughs> love it. I think it's amazing. It's he's just... doing it outside of, um, outside as well because he's been do- being nice to the cultaholic guys yeah. who've been in Japan. Well, he's been sort of really sort of nice and yeah, offering to take take them out to Japan and stuff, isn't he? What I loved in this match is when um, he goes up to um, Sonada, shakes his hand, Sonada pulls him out the ring, and that counts as attack. Yeah, that was the that made me pop so hard. But this was amazingly fast paced. Like I didn't expect it to be as fast paced as it was. I think Rob was right, right in his um, predictions. The Young Bucks did make this much better. I'll tell you what, I loved, um, uh, despite shout out for Evil for his entrance. That was fucking epic. <laughs> Like I, I thing is, it was great in the Tokyo Dome. Whenever he doesn't does stuff like that in Corican, it just dies a death because it looks so out of place. Uh, like cosplay. <laughs> yeah, but for Wrestle King, everyone looks stupid in Wrestle Kingdom. We'll talk about that with Jericho later. Um, <laughs> but no, this match was exceeded all my expectations. If I'm completely honest, it was so fast paced; it never stopped moving. Apart from when my stream froze. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, Rob, what did you think? Um, I enjoyed this match. I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I was going to enjoy it. Because um, after all, we saw this in Tag League, G.O.D. vs. Evil and Sonata, and it was not great. It was not great at no. all. Um, so irrelevant of how completely nonsensical adding the Young Bucks actually turned out to be, do you know what? It worked. It was a lot better. It was a lot more fast-paced. There was a lot more story beats, and they did so much in quite a short amount of time. A couple of things that I enjoyed. A, the... Gorillas of Destiny Power Rangers gear, which was 
fucking terrible. Um, and just just the worst, just the worst. Uh, Are you sure that was meant to be Power Rangers? Uh, well, it probably wasn't meant to be Power Rangers, but it was beaten Could in... Could be Kamen Rider. The... Uh, okay, well, in which case, Jardos is still worse. Jardos was fucking <laughs> atrocious. What he was supposed what to did... be, I've got no idea. Oh, that's what the Don Callis quote was about. Every day is closer to the end when you're at age. Oh, I should really put, make my notes more detailed. You um... really should. You really should. <laughs> Um, there was a brilliant bit, just piggybacking on what we were saying about Tamatonga's new gimmick, there was a brilliant bit where Evil is um, locked to the sharpshooter by Matt Jackson, and Tangaloa goes to break up, you know, illegally goes to break <laughs> and, up the and hold. And Tamatonga stops it. But then what they do is they say, no, we'll do it the right way. So they both go outside and start pushing the rope towards <laughs> Evil so he can break the hold legally. How is that? That's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. How has the I'm such a nice guy gimmick not happened before now? Oh, I've got no idea. I love it's it, though. Perfect. Because it, cause like, you're always waiting for that sort of, sort of schneidy dark move. Mm-hmm. Like a little blow or something like that. What would really put it over the top if if he started coming out with a fedora? That would really put the I'm such a nice guy thing over the top. (laughs) He just starts going to stardom and low-key starts hitting on all the wrestlers. It would be amazing. (laughs) I'm just just describing like my ideal heel here. Who I'd most want to see beat up. Very, very quickly, did you both notice how absolutely silent the Tokyo Dome were when the Young Bucks came out? Yeah. I did. Uh, I've not, I wrote that down, actually. Bearing in mind um, the Young Bucks, you know, yes, admitted. Just before we start with this, because, you know, we're moving into wrestlers that contain the elite now. I am just going to say, I don't have a problem with all elite wrestling. I think it's going to be a great promotion. I think it's going to be great for wrestlers. But did they have to announce all this stuff about it, you know, before. three days before yeah. Wrestle Kingdom? A company yeah. that ultimately helped them create All In and All Elite Wrestling. Did they have mm. to announce it then? Why didn't they just say, look, we've got Double or Nothing coming up, join us on the 8th? Because for me, at least, I knew for a fact that the Bucks weren't winning, I knew that the Bucks were yeah. in to take the pin, which they did, I knew Cody wasn't winning. Spoilers if you haven't seen or you know seen Wrestle Kingdom, but if you haven't seen Wrestle Kingdom, why are you listening to our review? Imagine if they were just listening along, just watching a match and going right for our review. <laughs> you know, to a lesser extent, you know, I did think Kenny Omega's not winning either. And that sort of thought made me think, well, why do that? Why, it's, yeah. It seemed quite disrespectful, really. I don't think they care. Like, at the end of it, apparently there's going to be talks um, between All Elite Wrestling, Ring of Honor, and New Japan in the coming days for a partnership. Um, but apparently egos will get in the way and I think those egos will be beyond but because you can was, sort of see it in their eyes they don't care about being there you can tell they're just uh, sort of quite I mean to be fair they've done done it themselves and they have done a lot sort of off their own back but you can just tell they are very very entitled now mm-hmm. um, they haven't had a great match since their LIJ match back in what June July it was at the, it was at the show where Taka broke his neck and just like Kenny obviously still wants to be there Kenny is still performing as well as they're allowing him to really well but, I mean we'll probably talk about it more obviously next but 
Cody looked like a man who just didn't give a fuck. Like, oh, okay, Ka- be there. there's a reason behind the Cody one, and we'll get into that. But right. Gatlad scores for this match. I'd give it a seven. I thought I really, really enjoyed it. I'd give it an eight. An eight? Yeah. Oh, well. I'll err on the side of optimism and agree with you there. Um, Rob? Um, I really enjoyed the ending sequence where the um, ending sequence. they went for uh, the five-star melter driver and Tamatonga countered Nick into a gun stun, which is basically but, just an RKO, but it's just, do you know what? Look fucking mint. And then Sonoda and Evil hit the magic killer, which was also excellent. And then, you know, just Evil and Sonoda looked fucking dominant in this. They looked yeah, like- brilliant. Sonoda at one point, did four consecutive springboard plungers over the top onto every other member of the match. Absolutely cleaned house at one point as well. He looked, <laughs> he's just a fucking badass. You can't tell but, me he's not going to win the New Japan Cup. Rob, um, going into this, we both picked the Gorillas of Destiny, but who did we say we wanted to win? Evil and Sonata. So I am absolutely exactly. fine dropping I the points I am absolutely here. fine dropping the point. Um, um, I've dropped enough already, but... <laughs> I'm getting 8 out of 10 as well. I'm getting 8 out of 10 as well. Okay. Anyway, so Cody versus Chief Robinson. Now, you said that he didn't look like he... Right, calm down. Cody did need surgery directly after this match, which is why he wasn't at full capacity. Like, he's been off for months um, nursing it. He took an Australia tour off to... But he was booked on to nurse it. He's been doing stupid things, like he defended the IWGP US title in a thumb war against Joey Ryan. But, um... I wonder if that's official. I didn't Uh, know that. I mean, I... We mentioned that in commentary. You just see him coming down to the ring and he just looked. You know, that that Randy Orton, I'm going to lose look? Yeah. He had that. But, to be fair, and I, I've compared Cody to Randy Orton before because the amount of wrestles he's had in this match. But you know what? I think he did well in this match. Like the old school heel heat of having um, Brandy come in and go over him. I, I, I live for that kind of shit. I, like he don't see him much in New Japan. I thought this was a nice little change of pace, but a nice little traditional thing. Cody looked like he looked like a James Bond villain. He looked class. Like I like that look he has. Ah, he is, I've been expecting. Imagine if you were waiting for James Bond and Juice Robinson turns up. <laughs> what was dreadlocks? Yeah. But um, I just uh, I w- I mustn't have picked up on that injury thing because I've got down on my notes that Cody seemed to lie down on that match. He didn't really seem to offer much. I'm guessing that explains the injury. Yeah, he's been dealing with it for a while. He needs surgery, so I'm not, I'm not going to hold it against him. This is the best he possibly could have done. Um, Rob, right? <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. He's injured, and you know what? I've said before on this podcast. I love Cody Rhodes. I absolutely love him as a man. Fantastic. Even as a wrestler, he's. I don't think he's up to the standard of New Japan. I don't think his style works in New Thing Japan. Is, I never. He, I've never he was changing it. Yeah, fair he was, enough. It was, be, was being more like old school NWA, which, to be fair, worked in his last match with Chiefs. But I, I, I've just never felt Cody in New Japan. And then to come out, and yeah, fair enough, but to come out wearing the colours of the Jacksonville Jaguars to remind everyone that this Tokyo Dome show was already in the shadow of all elite wrestling, to come out wearing that is just, it's self-indulgent. There was no need for them to, for him to do it. If they hadn't already announced all elite wrestling, it would have been a nice little point where everyone goes, oh, what does that mean? It could just be yeah. coincidence. But this this was just self-indulgent. It completely took away from the match. To be perfectly honest, I don't think it's fair on Juice Robinson because Juice Robinson was an afterthought in this match. Brandy, fucking Brandy Rhodes, was more of an integral part of this match than Juice Robinson. And, and complete so- that, 
in complete fairness, um, Cody was very giving to Juice. He sold two Pulp Frictions. He didn't even kick out of one. So, I just I don't I don't like this match. I thought it was it was dull. It seemed clunky, and that's not just on Cody either. I thought Juice was clunky as well. Juice has always been a bit clunky. Like just even his power bomb just doesn't look natural for him to be doing. I just and to be honest, if he if Cody is injured. Which, you know, and fair play to him for powering through. This is not a hate thing on Cody. It's not at all, because I do love the man. If he's injured, and, you know, it's already said about how, you know, he was supposed to take on Beretta, I believe, in Canada, and then he had to pull out because of the knee injury. Which is fair enough, but if he can't wrestle, and he can't defend that championship, this is Cody's first defence, and he has held it since Fighting Spirit Unleashed in September. That's not okay. It's pretty bad. That's awful. I mean, beside the fact that Juice is the first two-time IWGP United States Heavyweight Champion now, and since Kenny held that title, which he lost at New Beginning last year, we haven't had a single successful title defence. For a start, talk about burying a championship. No, White's had White had successful defences against Finlay uh, and Hangman. Did he? Yeah, he had Hangman at Strong Style Vote. Men Finley at the road. See, this Rogan. is the commentary team that said that. The commentary team said that. Oh, Kevin Kelly made a mistake. What a fucking shock. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, I genuinely just think that this match was so throwaway. And if if Cody is not up to 100% for the fucking Tokyo Dome show, then he shouldn't have the title. Yeah. Um... I get it often. No. Well, I'm sorry, Probably but not. in New Japan, in loads, there's been loads of instances of people having to, you know, vacate titles because of injuries that are not as severe as the one as Cody is working through. If you can't work at full capacity, if this was Sakura... Not even not Sakura Genesis, because that's a big show. If this was Wrestling Dantaku, if this was Destruction, you know, and even if this was Power Struggle, fair enough, work half pace. If you are fucked, don't wrestle Wrestle Kingdom. And yeah, I'm fully aware that this is his last Tokyo Dome show. Fine. Okay, I understand that you'd want that. But I'm sorry, no. Not if it's for a title, not if it's for a show, not if it's at the detriment to the enjoyment of things, of people who are watching this match. And I'm going to completely disagree with you, Chris. I hated the Brandy involvement. Absolutely fucking hated it. It it was was a change of pace. It got heel heat. It did its job. I don't think it was the worst thing. It's It's not like we're doing this every match. They did it to as a big thing at the Tokyo Dome. Brandy involvement is rarely over the top, so I think having it being over the top for a change to try and help Cody win out the biggest show of the year made sense. I, do, I just don't I don't hate it as much as you did. I agree this is definitely the worst match on the card. Can I just say as well, you say about the Brandy involvement, she did the exact same thing at Final Battle. I don't watch Ring of Honor, Rob. I like good wrestling. Well... Um, no, but if you're going to do it in a promotion that has also got a working partnership with the promotion you're wrestling in, don't do it again. Russia should let her take the bump. <laughs> just, I'm oh, sorry, well, I just it's, actually, it's actually quite funny. Uh, um, uh, the men of one of the ring on the show that I went to was um, Hangman and Cody versus the Briscoes. And um, <laughs> Brandy tried to get involved. Jay Briscoe get her turned around, and someone just shouted, "Yes, get her tell!" It was fucking hilarious. Wow. But um, oh, the Scottish crowd did not like Brandy Rhodes. But <laughs> I, I thought this was fine. I, I give it a five. Yeah, five. Yeah. Rob, fine. <laughs> <laughs> 
like it wasn't an objectively horrible match. So compared anyway. to the rest of them, yes, it was. <laughs> yeah, compared to the rest of them, but it's sort of like if you threw probably the best match from WrestleMania this year, and actually, no, that's not fair. If you threw like. The Fatal Fall Away from Wrestling that, that was also bad. I'm not coming up with good analogies. Anyway, mm-hmm. moving on to Kashida versus Ishimori. Before we get on to this, um, what did you guys think of the commentary team for um, this show? Loved it. Don Callis, hero. Don Callis is a hero. Um, I love the translator they have. I think he's called Chris. The, the English guy they had on was pretty terrible. Um, I don't think... No, that's the thing. He was, he, he was a good analyst. He was a good... He was, he, he, he was good with his history. Like He did his job well. Kevin Kelly, yeah. on the other hand, ruined the end of some matches for me. And I'll get into that later on. But he, he, I, I get he needs a gimmick, but like he needs to stop half his gimmicks. Like shouting finisher moves for the duration yeah. of a free count? No. Like, and he hasn't always done this. It's something he started doing this year. Just stop, Kevin. I just love it how, um, if, you, if you watch some of it, you can see... Um... Don Callis in the background, sort of he's standing up sometimes because he's yeah. so into it. <laughs> what what I love is like how big Don Callis and Kevin Kelly are next to the tiny fucking English guy. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, on to the next match, um, which I think me and Rob already know we have disagreements on. It's Kashida versus Ishimori. And I fucking love this match. I thought it was fast a fast paced junior match, like rivaling the best of block action. I should stress block action. In the Super Juniors this year, I just thought it was nice, fast-paced, great back and forth. Gaff, what did you think? I agree. I enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. I've always liked Ishimori when he was when he did the sort of short stint with Impact. Um, he was the Activision Champion for a while, wasn't he? He was. I and right. he, I mean, what what he always brought was like absolute intensity, and and everything he did was so crisp. Yeah, he like, never botches. I've never seen the man botch. It just looks so, like, on the button all the time. Like, sort of, everything I, he does is... I've seen the man work in a match, a six-man with Toriano, and he didn't botch. So, <laughs> like, I just, he's just so great. He's so precise. He had the best 450 in the business. And uh, that that oh, that entrance with uh, Kushida, that kid with a mask, oh, no, I, terrifying. I, I, I forgot about that. It was, it, it, otherwise, it would haunt my fucking nightmares. Uh, <laughs> I, was fucking ter- I was watching it, and I was like... Hang on a minute, what the fuck is that? See, it's it's around this point, I was like, okay, I'm fully woken up. Oh, no, there was a tiny child. What is going on? It looked so real, it looked so good, but so bad. It's an uncanny valley thing, definitely. And then Doc Brown comes in, like, oh, right, I get it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fucking Taguchi does this shit every year with Kushida, and it's amazing. But No, I just really enjoyed it. There was a a, um, a really good sort of sort of period where they were countering everything and mm-hmm. um Ishimori was putting them in the substitutions and then they'll back back and forth. Um and I, I just love that uh, that sliming <coughs> sliding German that Ishimori does through the rope. People have started stealing that and none of them can do it as well as he does. I, I saw somebody on one of the impact shows do it, I'm sure I did. Johnny um, Is this <laughs> yeah. that's right I um, at the Discovery show I went to, Sammy Jane, who's their women's champion, has started doing it, and it's just, it doesn't look as good. And she did it on Chris Wolf, who's capable. So, it's a, I mean, it's a really good spot, but yeah, that yeah. was really good. But no, it, overall, no one else should be doing it. Overall, we just really enjoyed it. Re- really enjoyable match. Rob, you said you felt a bit underwhelmed by this in the chat as it was happening. Yeah, 
and that's that's the key thing. I didn't not enjoy it. I felt underwhelmed. I felt well, that were you expecting Taka um, Ishimori? Even if I had been expecting Taka Ishimori, Kushida is the ace of the junior division and is more mm-hmm. than capable of wrestling. I, I didn't not enjoy this match. I did enjoy it. I just felt mm-hmm. that just as they were hitting their stride, it was cut short. You know, the stuff of the submissions at the start was excellent. You know, the fact that Kushida went to the Back to the Future too soon and is immediately trapped in the yes lock. I am going to call it the yes lock, not the LaBelle lock, but even so. Um, you know, the bit with... I just I felt like just as we were getting to, you know, the sliding German and things really began to pick up, it was the end of the match. It I felt was... rushed and I felt... Oh. I've smacked my microphone. I felt shortchanged a little bit. That's the thing. I think if um, you look at this card and I think... You think Cody's injured. You, I think there was more to be said in the Cody match for having Juice just destroy him. They would make Juice look strong after the horrible G1 he had. So, like, to have that last, have it last like two seconds, have Ishimori, give Ishimori and Kishida the, those extra five minutes, give some of, give an extra three minutes to the tag match, and the whole overall show would have been better, I think. But. Yeah, but I can see what you mean there. Like, it only got 11 minutes, which is only slightly longer than the tag matches, but I still enjoyed it. I still think for what we had, it was great. I'd still give it an 8 out of 10, like, it's just... Okay, yeah, well... I've got it, yeah. What, what I mean to say is, last year, Wrestle Kingdom 12, and I'm, we shouldn't compare Wrestle Kingdoms, really, because they're different mm-hmm. landscapes, but Wrestle mm-hmm. Kingdom 12, the shortest match was... 14 minutes, and I believe that was mm-hmm. Cody versus Kota Ibushi. 14 mm-hmm. minutes. There was less matches, though. Yeah, but there was singles matches here, and that should take precedence. Mm-hmm. And when you have only got Absolutely. four matches that have gone over that this time, and one of those was the opener, that's... I just I felt... Ru- I can understand the junior tag being rushed. I can understand, you know, if they were going to rush the heavyweight tag team match, but I thought that was I thought that was well paced. I thought that was brilliant. But mm. why give Cody nine minutes if he's injured? Yeah. If he can't work, he can't work. He's not going to be able to work for that. This went just over eleven minutes. This needed more. T- this was a match that needed fifteen minutes. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, but I just I felt so because the structure of the match was great. You know, it wasn't straight into your high flying. Stuff that you know, every you know, yeah. Jim Cornette you know what? would spaff himself over because he you, hates you know it so much. You know what I slightly minded me of? It's remember when CM Punk and John Morrison had a feud in like 2007? Briefly, yeah, yeah, and um, it went on for like three pay per views. They got five minutes in each pay per view, and then they had the blow off on ECW TV, and it was great because they got 15 minutes. It kind of reminds me like that these two will probably meet again because you know osprey's gone out of the juniors division and tack is still doesn't have a neck so well i've got i've got a differing view of that when it comes to new year dash <laughs> so we'll uh we'll talk about that time. it was a good match you and did you mm. and garth both say eight eight yeah, yeah. i'm gonna give it like... seven just because i felt that there was so much to do here. Taiji Ishimori is fucking outstanding. And I don't he is. I feel like after the best of the Super Juniors, where he put on my, one of my matches of the year with Taka, he was then he was sort of lost in the bullet club bullshit. Mm-hmm. And this, you know, this could have been this huge coming out party for him, you know, you know, as though the best of the Super Juniors wasn't that already. But mm-hmm. you know, 
I felt that this it just it needed more time, and I feel like again we were a little bit shortchanged with this. Well, it's like um, I listened the I listened to a preview of Wrestle Kingdom. It was on Chris Jericho's podcast. Hang on, you didn't listen to our preview. Uh, <laughs> what the, the fuck? <laughs> I listened to a bit of it. Um, but no, I mean, I, but they they brought it up. I, the, I can't remember who the guy was he had with him, but he was like a he's like a Japanese sort of um, reporter, and he said New Japan have too many people now on their roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was, was going to be my point when you get to near that actually yeah and they're, they're trying to fit them all on and it's so, like they even mentioned like they said a few of the matches will probably be either cut short or they'll suffer for it and I think this is maybe one of them yeah um, it is a shame to be fair if we look at the past years it's probably the third best one in the past five years so yeah it's it's still a really good one because it beats out what it beat definitely beats out Omega versus Taguchi and I think it does beat out Omega versus Kushida. So yeah, no, I it's a good match, but it could have been so much more, and that's yeah. my issue. The thing is, I think if this ten minute match was in Super Juniors, I think you'd be splooging over it. Oh yeah, but without a doubt. But this is Wrestle Kingdom; it's not best of the Super Juniors. I guess, but I don't think I I'd. I'd, I still, I'd still give it an It isn't it anyway, because me and Garth both agree. But Fair enough. I've, I don't take an issue with that. Can I just say as well that at this point, we were six for six in title changes. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? I know. It was like reboot Dressel Kingdom. Did I not think... do this last year? Not no. to the same extent, no. Because um, um, Okada retained. Re- sorry, Okada retained and Omega retained. Yeah. But did this... And I might, I might say this... I might save this talk. No, fuck it. Let's ask now. Did this feel like a transitional Wrestle Kingdom for anyone else? Definitely. Mm, yeah, it's, transitional. it's meant to be the last one of this era because New Japan had different eras, which yeah, they just self define instead of wait for it to just. It's weird. But. Um, Didn't they mention something about a new Emperor or something? Definitely. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's the thing. It's going into a new era, which includes um, their first foray, proper foray into Wrestle Kingdom. Fuck you, RevPro. And um, a two-day Wrestle Kingdom next year, which, to be fair, I think will fix a lot of these problems. Yeah, true, true. Which is what people, which which is what people have been seeing. WrestleMania needs to do for the last I five years. I don't want a two-day WrestleMania. I, wow. I barely want the five hours we get already. <laughs> and five, five did like seven. They did like I don't know, like three and three. Do you know what? Too bad. Do you know what? Genuinely. Um, do you want? We said there was no news. There was actually three massive announcements that we had. We didn't say there about. was no. We, we we said there was no news. I said we were skipping the news because we have a lot to talk about. But fuck it, I guess we're doing it now. Um, <laughs> we have a show in what was it the Copper Place in London? The Copper um, Box in London yeah, on August yes. thirty first, which should be hype. I might go, but it's a very long fucking trip. Um, it's worth going to London for though. I I mean, like you're closer to London than I. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, two hours away. To be fair, yeah, I'm about t- I'm about fucking eight hours away, Rob. Um, Just quickly though, it's on August the thirty first. When is yeah. the G one due to finish? Isn't it? Uh, is it? It's early August, isn't it? Because it's early August. Yeah, yeah, because they also announced a show in Dallas, it, Texas, to start off the G one, and that's early and July, I isn't it? I think that's very interesting. The mm-hmm. fact that we're starting G one in. Um, America, I think it would be great to see because like matches of that caliber 
with an American crowd. Different crowd. If the American crowd isn't, if the American crowd isn't cunty, it will be. Unfortunately, it's an American crowd, so it will probably be cunty. Um, what will be hilarious against... is what will be hilarious is if they open the G1 with the same matches or the same caliber of matches they opened this year's Shogun G1 Makabe with versus Yoshihashi <laughs> to headline. <laughs> that was literally the first match of a G1, and I'm like, well, that sums up fucking A block. Um, <laughs> I, I hope, I hope they have, I hope they make the blocks less fractured this year because it was just like B block and it was weird when I was reviewing him because I was doing like A, B, A, B so I'd start off like in the doldrums like oh for fuck's sake I can't be bothered and then I'd end it on like oh my god I want to see more but I can't because it's the B block and then it would just be in a cycle like I can't be bothered with the A block who's fighting fucking Yoshihashi versus Michael Logan which actually turned out to be one of the better Yoshihashi matches ever Uh, but anyway that there's all the news, I think. Yes, anyway, moving on to Jay White with Ghetto versus Okada. This was like the biggest blood... Well, not really looking at the next match, but it was one of the biggest blood feuds on this card. I thought this was Jay White's best match by far. Um, Gaff, I'm going to ask you something. So, after, you, you saw Jay White at Wrestle Kingdom last year. Yeah, yeah. Did Honestly, you do, new, do. Did you do um, New Year's Dash with Rob last no, year? No, I did it on my own. No. Okay, so you haven't seen Jay White for a calendar year, basically. Not really. I mean, I've seen sort of snippets and bits and bobs. Has, and... has he turned up in Ring of Honor? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. No, not he... since he's been no. Switchblade. No. Oh. Okay then. So, like, the change in Jay White. What do you see? Uh, unbelievable. <laughs> because I remember, I remember. He wears saw, white. I remember reviewing last year, thinking. Who's this this is his debut, and this is too much too soon, mm-hmm. by far, because he just didn't. He looked like a rabbit in headlights. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was like character work, amazing, like phenomenal. He has been doing amazing stuff. Like when he was feuding with Tanahashi, um, he started wearing Okada colors just to annoy T- Tana. It, it was amazing. Just um, every, uh, he's really sort of believable as the character. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he's an enti- he's an entitled emo kid essentially, yeah, yeah, but he's yeah, an entitled oh, yeah. and ghetto. His for weird dad who just keeps his head bandana down. It's so but... so silly, and I love how um like Don Callis like really had an in for Gato as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All the Don way Callis, through, it's like yes, get Gato. <laughs> it's the one time he ever roots for Okada. But uh, yeah, yeah, I enjoyed Okada clearing house at the beginning, so Jay White can get shit at the end. I loved the fact that the ending sort of came out of nowhere and sort of the back and forth um, trading finishes and Obviously, just out of nowhere the switchblade, the Blade Runner for the win. I thought that was great. Let's not forget Okada's pants. Oh right, yeah, big big pop of the night. Oh, I actually, I was so happy. <laughs> It's fucking ridiculous. I've never heard a crowd pop for pants. No, but seriously, <laughs> but he does not suit trousers. <laughs> like, Ian Rob actually said on the last podcast, what he needs to do is go back to the Rainmaker gimmick and stop wearing the trousers, and he did both on this show. He just so, went all like, in now. Uh, oh, is um, back, baby. I loved it, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, I mean, there wasn't... I didn't really... It's weird. I must have... I don't know if it was because I was caught up in the match or if there wasn't that big a spot, but... I didn't really take that many notes for this one. I've no, just got, like, I didn't. I didn't think I've just got really like great reversals, stuff like that, uh, especially with the the dodges that he did into the rainmaker. Mm-hmm. 
that, that was a really good sort of bit at the end. My note verbatim of this match is great ending, big match feel, nine out of ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just big, big pop for Okada pants. Um, <laughs> and again, well, like I just said before, like great character work by like Jay White, like especially when he was sort of the slaps that he was doing, mm-hmm. um, just so sort of like, you could see a car getting really, really angry. Yeah. Just so good, like really, like see the story, the story work, and this was exceptional, really good, mm. absolutely amazing. Rob, what did you think? One of my favorite matches of the night, um, absolutely amazing. Probably stuff. short of the main event, probably my match of the night. I think the the year that Jay White has had is just unbelievable. Um, mm. You know, the you say there was no high spots. I completely agree with you, Garth, but I don't think that detracted from the match at all. I think if anything, this match did need high spots. An Okada match never has high spots, unless and it's with Omega. It's not a bad thing, and I don't think, Garth, I don't think you were saying it as a bad thing, but like, I think the one thing was that leaping crossbody over the barricade, which I know he's done before, yeah. but even so, it still looks fucking brilliant. It never and starts being impressive. Can I just say that there is absolutely... N- they need to get that belt on Okada, because the man is fucking money. I don't care if he's had it for two years. Next year, in the two-day Tokyo Dome show, which is going to be... I can't wait for that. It's going to be amazing. Um, in that show, we are going to have Okada having won the G1, taking on Naito, who's got that belt at Dominion. And it is going well, who, to absolutely I mean, blow the fucking roof off the place. If you think about it, next year, who are they going to have as their big sort of poster boy? Because Omega's going to be gone. We don't know this yet. This is our speculation. Yeah, well... We'll get into... Is... We'll get into well, how about we get into rowing about next year's after... Um, we finish reviewing yeah. the show. Um, but I thought this match was incredible. I thought it, this was definitely Jay White's best match, and that includes some of the great stuff he did in the G1, that amazing match with Tanner at Strong Style Evolved. Just, Jay White is money. Well, um, if you the, want sold on him, you're sold on him now. Like He's, he's beaten all three pillars clean twice. He's blatantly been sort of set up for bigger things, because mm-hmm. the way the Oh, he does. Com- you wait till New Year's Dash. Commentary we were putting him over mm-hmm. was honestly like he was the next, we well, the next big thing mm-hmm. that kept going over. Who we'd beaten, sort of uh, worked. It all worked. That's what I mean. Like everything worked together. Mm-hmm. The story, brilliant. I think when New Japan are behind someone, they are very good at coordinating everything around it. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'd give it a nine and ten. I. Yeah, nine. Nine? Rob? 100% behind you, nine. Great stuff. Um, now, ladies and gentlemen, on to the spiky daddy versus Tetsuya Naito. Now, lads, Chris Jericho, is he in the cure? No, because he he's not as he's not good enough to be in the cure, because have you heard Fozzie? They're shite. But... I've, I've got me notes here. Um, did Jericho win tickets to for Blackfield Brides? <laughs> <laughs> I like I like how um in the inside the ropes community, like both me and Gaff um commented a different thing and on his spike spikes. I know it, it very much sums up her personalities because Gaff made some quip and then I was just like, ooh, spiky daddy. Yeah. Um <laughs> it was <laughs> but <laughs> But the thing is, it looks absolutely ridiculous in the photo. But then at the Tokyo Dome, it just it worked. Yeah, the only thing I don't like is that fucking face paint. Like, it's his Alice Cooper, isn't it? It's his. Yeah. Yeah. 
But but what is good about that whole thing is the fact that Naito used it in some of his promos, like with the blue. Uh-huh. Like clown. I thought that was great. Naito was just like um, on the Jericho sort of thingy. They said if if Naito had a translator, or if he said if there was a way that everything he said was translated to English, he said he mm-hmm. would be the top top promo in any mm-hmm. promo because he said like, he's so good. Whenever you see it, whenever I see it subtitled, even I'm getting in getting into it. But um, can I say something very quickly that might make both of you hate me? This is the first time when I've been watching wrestling where Chris Jericho has had long hair. Huh? Yeah, because he, he, he came back with short hair in 2007 after I started watching. He had long hair last year. Oh, right. I forgot about that. But like this run has been the first time I've seen okay, Jericho yeah. have long hair while I've been watching wrestling. It's weird when I see him with the short hair because I just remember him with the proper long hair, like the line tamer hair. Jericho's you ability think... to reinvent himself is mind-boggling. When oh, you look at absolute... the gimmicks that he has gone through, and like, you know... even with this current crazy guy gimmick, he's kept his hair sort of unbrushed and unkept mm-hmm. just to feed into the looking crazy thing. Yeah. Yeah. And he's not had a less than eight out of ten performance since he's been in New Japan. Well, like, because if we quickly recap, he had Jericho last year, who was which was amazing. Then Naito, which was. Yeah. Who did I say? You said Jericho. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake! Oh dear. And then um, Evil, which was a surprisingly good match. Very so, good match. I actually prefer the Evil yeah. match at Power Struggle to the Naito one at Dominion. I just felt like same here because the Naito one at Dominion was basically just a garbage brawl. Yeah, I just felt like Evil and Jericho's styles with Jericho, you know, we talk about him reinventing his character, reinventing his style as well. I feel like this was more, uh, sorry, him and Evil in Jericho's current incarnation, their styles mesh a lot better than him and Naito. However, that being said, this match, exactly, wow, this match was excellent, really, this really. This my second favorite match. To, to set the stage, set was mine too, actually, but to set the stage for this match. There was a um, pile driver within the first like minute. Yeah, on the on ramp. The ramp. <laughs> yeah, but then that fucking DDT. Oh god! Oh my god! Like, um, well, the amount of times Kevin Kelly said Naito's shaped hole, it's like fuck off. Yeah. Um, oh, Naito's head shaped hole. I'm surprised Don Carlos didn't make a joke. Um, the fucking he's normally all over that shit. Those stick shots by Jericho. Holy shit! Like, you see the welts on Jericho afterwards. Yeah. Fucking disgusting. He he's a he he's a tortured daddy. But um <laughs> I loved um where Jericho got the, the camera and he gave him a middle finger. Carlos was like, he's just giving him the Winnipeg salute. Yeah. <laughs> it was absolutely amazing. Night selling in this match was great, which made well, us come back even better. I've got written down here, like I've just written down huge props to Night for for taking the bumps he took. Mm-hmm. Um, fucking, like, he didn't have he's to. not young either like because well, he it. had a whole career before this LIJ thing and it's incredible what he's been able to achieve um, in what's basically the second half of his career and he's the most over guy in New Japan um, he won by the way and he deserved the win he takes yeah. the code breaker beautifully oh, and just, just crumbles on it doesn't he yeah, so like um, only him and Omega crumb, crumble, and it's yeah. beautiful. But I also um, think 
on the flip side of that, Naito also delivers the Codebreaker fantastically. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. The one Definitely. need Codebreaker looked fucking mm-hmm. brilliant. I've just got, I've got written down on my notes here, near fall, near fall, 2.9, 2.9. Because <laughs> the kickouts were amazing. They were, they were. Like, if this were, if this was Fire Pro, just for, just 2.9 all the way through. Yeah. But uh, it's the closest near falls on the show, I think. It's, there's an um, amazing spot where, uh, but not even a spot, where Jericho rang the bell and the crowd went absolutely off it. <laughs> Oh, yeah, do you say he attempted to walk off? Then he's saying that he'd won. Yeah, I've got. I've just, won. I've I, I love. I loved um, Don Carlos just going. He rang the bell. He rang the bell. Yeah. And Kevin Kelly. And we're talking about Kevin Kelly. He can't get angry. Like, like if if that was Jer beside him, he's like, "No, you son of a bitch!" He's fucking <laughs> Jericho, that son of a bitch, trying to end early. And but Kelly's just like, "Oh, come on, man! Yeah, come don't back. do this." <laughs> but the crowd were absolutely incensed at that. It was class. Oh yeah. Um, the thing is, like Jericho, more than anybody knows how to get heat. He knows how to work a crowd. Yeah, absolutely. And like when you're getting booze out of a New Japan crowd, that's a big thing because I mean, they're normally quite. He's forty-seven, I think. Now is he? Mm-hmm. Jericho. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's he's a little bit out of shape, but he can still go. I mean, he's, he did he, the uh, the lion got... salt halfway to, across the ring. To be honest, he has the perfect body for his gimmick. It's so, like, yeah. I could work out, but I don't fucking need well, to. Chris Jericho. Like, I've got written down, it's like, uh, every time I've got uh, Jericho keep, always looks like he's half cut. <laughs> like he's been on a, a big bender or something the, the night before, and he's like, he eyes probably are has. Have you heard half stories oh. he's had with um, Gallows and Anderson? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like every time him and Austin are on the same podcast, we talk about Gallows and Anderson going, Oh, so nice to have someone in the WWE who will drink. Talking shop. <laughs> but just uh, not to jump in on anyone, but this is yeah, amazing match. Absolutely amazing. The ending of this match was great, with the exception of because Don Carlos did it great where he was shouting no because, of course, Jericho is his good friend. Yeah. But then you had Kevin Kelly doing his fucking Destino. Oh, yeah. Like, I did it like and three just. Times. Just to highlight, and the whole Destiny, oh no, it's like it was never funny. Kevin, stop trying to get yourself over. And like, uh, like to illustrate how annoying the Destino thing is, he's doing it for the duration of the Destino. Like the two seconds between him selling, landing the Destino and going for the pin, and then the three seconds he's pinning, where he's just going, oh! <laughs> it's like he's falling down a fucking mountain. And like, again, Carlos was doing it perfectly, where he was like, no, no! And like, you count the three, Kevin, you fucking... It's the <laughs> basics of play-by-play. Play. We do this better when we're fucking doing... Uh, um, Fire pro shit, and he's just there going, trying to get himself over. You're a play by play guy. Oh, yeah, and unfortunately, it's for my favorite promotion. I fucking hate Kevin Kelly. I'm sorry, Gav. This happens at least once a podcast. It's okay, um, go for it. I fucking <laughs> hate him. Like, no joke. Um, Chris, the um translator. He would yeah. be a better play-by-play guy than fucking mm. Kevin Kelly because he does he isn't overbearing. Yeah. He has a he's a bit of a fucking annoying voice, but he's not overbearing. You get yeah, I was getting it at some point, especially in the next match as well. Oh, the next match! Oh, good fucking anyway, lord! Actually, you know the there, worst bit yeah. of Kevin Kelly commentary it was during the fucking G one Farley versus Evil. So I was always already annoyed because it was a Farley match and I knew where it was <laughs> going. 
And but like Farley throws a barrier onto Evil and walks back. And then Evil was selling the shoulder because you know he had a barrier thrown on it. It's like I wonder what happened to Evil's shoulder. It's like he got a fucking barrier thrown on it, Kevin. <laughs> Before Chris explodes, um, <laughs> I think he just needs to take a time out for a minute. Uh, <laughs> I mean, overall, you know, yeah, the Destino Ooh. over the top of the three count and the Destino itself was a little bit tiresome. But overall, I think I think he does a great job. I really do. Um, yeah. He's a consistent play-by-play, and I think him and Don Callis together are fantastic. What I loved about the end of this match, because we do need to move on to the main event, because I'm just gagging to talk about it. Um, I love the story beat here of Naito having to use the belt that he hates so much mm-hmm. to beat Jericho. And I love that the fact great. as well that after he'd hit Jericho with the belt, after that beautiful bit of camera work where Naito's just staring longingly at the belt... Mm-hmm. Hits Jericho with it, then absolutely launches it into the stratosphere <laughs> yeah. out of the ring. He's like over his shoulder. <laughs> like, the only thing Naito wants from that belt is the extra money. He does not care about that belt. He sees that belt from Wrestle Kingdom 8 as the catalyst for him not being in the main event. One of my so, favourite things about um, Naito, and this was before I started watching New Japan properly, um, mm-hmm. it was a, like a, a skit. And Naito, because he like when he had the he had to have it re um sort of redone because of the amount of that's the one because he just abused it that much. But there was there was a like a video on Twitter and it was him trying to exchange it at a KFC. (laughs) I've got no money, but I've got this. Will you accept this and just give me a KFC? It was brilliant. It was just really really made me laugh. Uh, But overall, I'd give it nine out of ten this match. Nine out of ten, definitely. It's my second favorite match of. The night. It was surprising, actually, because Rob will attest, I was not looking forward to this match after the Dominion match. I was like, eh. But, like, this rivals, like, doesn't quite top, but rivals Omega Jericho from last year, so. I think it it, it was massively helped with Callus. Mm. Callus. The fact it that... Just, like, <laughs> there's a bit where, uh, what is it he says, um, it's when, I think it's Jericho, does he hit him with a low blow? Mm-hmm. And then does the cold breaker, and it's like two point nine. And Castle, that's a Japanese two. That's a Canadian <laughs> three. <laughs> that was so great. Um, it was actually very weird. Uh, power struggle when Callus wasn't calling the Jericho match. It was fucking Chucky T. He was just burying everyone. It was weird. <laughs> um, but anyway, moving on because we obviously are gagging to talk about this match. Ooh. Mama. Um, <laughs> it, it is Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Kenny Omega, the at the time IWGP championship. Now, before we get into this, what do you think about the, the story B of Tanahashi's gear has a spot open for the IWGP title? See, yeah. this was the bit that I thought Chris Charlton did really, really well with. He knew his mm. history. He knew about the whole... He just knew about the New Japan product. He'd clearly done his research. He was clearly a fan of the product. And that, for mm. me, is half the battle. And he was when the he person said, who most put over the storyline. I was going to say, he, made he, make helped, sense. he helped the most with this match. Yep. Obviously, with like Ta- Tanahashi's background and stuff. I, I, I really, really, especially during this match, like we've said, I really enjoyed his stuff. And I think this match was... Me and Chris spoke about very, very briefly on the podcast last time when we were previewing Wrestle Kingdom, how much the storyline just, it wasn't, I wasn't feeling the story for this because they'd given it such a little build-up. 
But the video package for this match made the story make sense. Do you know what? The storytelling in the ring. The mm-hmm. storytelling in the ring. Give me a person who is a better storyteller in the ring than these two men. Tai Chi. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously. We knew this match was going to be phenomenal because it's Hiroshi Absolutely. Tanahashi and Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega's nickname is the best bout machine, for fuck's sake. We knew yeah. it was going to be excellent. This, for me, was a damn near perfect wrestling match because you had the arrogant upstart taking on the grizzled veteran who will not lie the fuck down. Because, was let's there... face it, Omega yeah. dominated this match. Yeah, what oh, I yeah. loved in this match is when um, um, Tanaha- the one time Tanahashi tried to stoop to ke- what he sees as Kenny's level, he failed. Like The one time he tried to stoop to that level was for high fly through the table, because Tana never uses weapons. No. Tries to high fly, f- high fly through the table, yeah. lands on his fucking face, and that bump. That yeah. bump. We're, skip- we're skipping ahead, actually, because that the bumps Tana took in this match for the yeah. old man that he is. Well, I was going to say... Was he injured before this? He's always injured. He's well, been I've, perpetually injured Karen, for like two years. Just on on his walk down to the ring, he looked like he was like just wincing and limping. Yeah, he's been he's been like that for like two years, man. Oh. His bicep uh, is fucked. Yeah, his bicep got fucked. Oh yeah, that's why he, he wrestled for fucking two years with a injured torn yeah, bicep. The thing is, his bicep got torn, and then the first match back was against Zack Sabre Jr. So who just oh, worked yeah. it. Like incessantly, yeah. just unrelentingly. I've just it, put in my notes my opening bit after I've you know talked about Kenny's entrance, which I really, really mm. enjoyed. Thought his entrance was great. Did you watch mm. the video that they did for that? Yes, yeah, I did. They put it, it on great. YouTube. It was great. Uh, the ele- This was a main event. The electricity in the Tokyo Dome. This is what a main event is. But again, mm. near fucking silence for Kenny Omega. Yeah, and I've noted that. I've I've just got I've got um. Uh, crowd mental for Tama, Tana, um, nothing for Kenny. Uh-huh. People much preferred Kenny chasing the title. I think yeah. they preferred when they fought Kenny and Meg, like that for that brief moment after Akada versus. Because I noticed this, where people were sort of talk, like people were talking about him in much regard for like the year building up, but then when he had his match with Akada, they were talking about Omega like he was this their little secret, and I'm like, no, <laughs> like, and you see this a lot. In like as soon as something explodes, people try to go. Oh, it, it's our little secret. And it's like no, it's exploded. Fuck off. So like people wanted to root for Omega, but like after they he got what he wanted, just stopping. And to be fair, his reign hasn't helped him. Who they've put him against has not helped him. Like his first defense was against Cody, who like it was a fun match, but it was Cody. Um, then he had Ishi, um, where he didn't weren't given quite enough time. Like, that match needed about five more minutes. Um, still, like, a nine out of ten, but needed more time. Like, if you saw their stuff in the G1, you know they can do better. Mm-hmm. And then um, that triple threat, which was just... People thought it was weird. I enjoyed it, but people just found it weird. And how Cody inserts... Cody just sort of inserts himself into what should be a Kota mm-hmm. versus Omega um, thing. Because thing is, Omega's had the best G1 of any champion since I've been watching in terms of match quality, like he got a five star match out of Goto, um fucking Ishii, Juice, just everyone had a great match with Kenny. And it was amazing. Just it, he's got that he's got that HBK button where he can 
literally get a good match out of anyone. That was the perfect analogy. I, oh, I think it was Chris. It Chris who made it was um, Brett versus HVK, and then just sort of like, yes, like with that one line, he mm. made the storyline make sense. Absolutely outstanding. Well done, Chris. Definitely. Well done, Chris Charlton. If you if you listen to this <laughs> podcast, which I doubt it, but um, my my note underneath, literally, I've written fantastic line, fantastic comparison, Michaels and Brett, and I've put yeah. underneath because at this point they hadn't even locked up. Just mm-hmm. they were listening, they were just absorbing it all. And I've just put their backstage disdain for each other is hinted at by the way they lock up. The series of slaps confirms it. Mm-hmm. Because they weren't just slaps. They were, I fucking hate everything you mm-hmm. stand for, slaps they were. Yeah. Um the uh, you talk about the bump Tanahashi took when he goes for the, uh, goes through that table, which was fucking horrendous. Mm-hmm. But there was two other bumps that made me physically cringe. The first, that one on the table. That one, that power slam on the table. The power Jesus. slam on the table, which Tanahashi oh, almost barrier. fucking missed. Yeah. And then the bump when Omega goes for the rise of the Terminator, goes over the top rope oh, and man. misses, or basically misses Tanahashi and takes it full <laughs> on the back. Oh like, my God. Halfway on the ramp, yeah. halfway off. Oh. He catches him with like his knee or something. Mm-hmm. Catches Tanahashi with like the back of his leg or something, and you like, just you hear Nick Jackson going, "Are you all right?" Yeah, like Fuck. the young bucks ran over, like not just going, like just not just, not just kayfabe checking, they fucking ran yeah, over did. to see if Kenny wasn't okay. Well, there was like what there was one of them as well where it was like um, it was like was it just a drop kick or a top rope drop kick onto Tanahashi's back? That's yeah, like, fucking uh, hell, man, that's he does that. That's fucking kind of that's like page. <laughs> It's gonna break your back. Tell you what, though, um, the I I was worried when they, um, when they teased the dragon off the top rope. Oh yeah. Jesus Christ! Yeah, I was like, don't like, do that to Tanahashi. You'll that, kill him. Because after the Okada match, Okada couldn't get a full rotation. How the fuck does um, how the fuck does Tana have a shot? And then he did it. So I'm so proud of him. But um, the thing where he uh, did his knee on the rope as well. Yeah, oh, man, I hate that. I hate anything to do with knees. <laughs> Gaff, Gaff is scared for people's knees. Um, yeah. Um, the Styles Clash as well. I pop big for the Styles Clash. Oh, I, after oh, the storytelling in that Styles Clash is brilliant. Yeah. yeah, thing is, thing is, Tanner's been using the Styles Clash forever, but like the st- the fact that he used it against Omega and he hasn't used it against Omega before, and he just perfect. stopped and looked and yeah, Kenny's face as well. <laughs> He may as well have fucking winked up the camera. Yeah. It was quite spectacular. But I can't, it's, I find it hard to watch the style flash after Rest Kingdom 9, just for storytelling, they were telling, giving it as a neck breaker. Mm. So it's weird. But no, this match was fucking phenomenal. Like, I wasn't even sad that Tanahashi won in the end because. I, I, I wanted Tanahashi to win. You see, I wanted Omega to win because I think he has much more to offer as a champion at this point. Tanner's already faced everyone on the roster. Not everyone, um, It's just like a sort of... Not everyone, no. Still has Tai Chi to go. It's just uh, like a sort of, um, you know, like a sunset and sort of farewell. It's going to... Well, if he ever fucking stops. <laughs> I don't think Tanner's one of... But it's weird because like a year and a half ago, he was dressing up as Dalton Castle's boy on a rising. So <laughs> it's been, really has been a good redemption arc. And like... His redemption arc has been amazing, and I'm looking forward to Naito's and Okada's next year. But I, I'm going to give this map um, very quickly. Kevin Kelly once again ruining the fucking ending. High fly fly, yeah. like he, 
it was like the high five flow was taking forever to land. It was ridiculous. <laughs> Just uh, fuck Kevin Kelly. I love um, the, um, the spot with the three power bombs as well by Kenny. Yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah, like, each one like getting each one was different. Like yeah. it was a different power bomb each time. Like the fact but anyone who can do a deadlift gut wrench power bomb, yeah. which is low key one of my favorite moves. Like once Jack Swagger did a deadlift one and Sami Zayn and I fucking popped. Um <laughs> but, but the wrist matches easily ten out of ten. The fact that Omega didn't hit one winged angel. Um just sets up a rematch like it did for Okada, and I'm ready. If this becomes a series, I am ready for this series. Garth, what do I've you think? Gone, I've gone nine out of ten. Right. Well, I'm. Oh. This, I've I've saved it until now, but this is my podcast. Uh, we are we are scoring at ten. Oh, yeah. but why? Do, why? <laughs> why? I, so why have you decided to be wrong, Garth? Um. It's it's not a perfect match. It's a it's almost. But if I can't have nine and a half, you can't. We don't do halves, yeah. Which I've got what, written what, down. What what makes it non-perfect for you? Investment. Okay. All right. Fair enough. But like, it, this is sort of like when um, I scored Band for Glory lower because I don't watch Impact. It doesn't. As for people who watch the product, this is a perfect match. Mm-hmm. I get it. I I, I get it. Yeah, but I enjoyed other matches more. This is probably a better match, but I enjoyed other matches more, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's the thing. Some matches just need... Like, if you watch Hogan versus Rock, having no idea what Hogan or Rock... Who the Hogan or the Rock is, you're going to be confused on why people like it. So I guess it's like that, except... Well, it's like when people say it's if you turn the sound off on that match, it's an absolutely awful match. Yeah, but the thing is, you turn the sound off on this match, it's like, ouch, why are they attacking that old man with long hair? Rob, what do you through that cardboard table. <laughs> it's not cap. Have you ever tried to break a Japanese table, Rob? It's very... Anyway, Rob, what do you think? Um, For me, it was like... I've I've already gushed about it enough. It's, it's mm. a very, very, very good match. As near perfect as you can possibly get. But, you know, this... There's so many things that you can talk about. For a start, I know that I'm used to seeing V-Triggers. I'm used to seeing them. It doesn't stop me going, fuck me, every time he hits one. Because I swear to God, they're actually going to break someone's neck. Occasionally. Oh, yeah. You know, one the, time... The worst one's where he was down on the rope. Yeah. Yes. Oh. There's, nowhere from, there's nowhere from to go. Mm-hmm. And he's just nearly taking his head off. You, you know who takes the best V trigger is Michael Elgin. I'm not even kidding. He takes the best V trigger. It's because he's all muscle. It probably doesn't hurt. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's a historic main event, even if it's not the perfect mm-hmm. match. I mean, it's the longest time. Sorry, it's the longest Wrestle Kingdom main event in history. It's the first time a G1 Climax winner has ever won the championship at the Tokyo Dome. And it's the first time since Wrestle Kingdom 5 in 2011 that. The, t- the main title has actually changed hands. And who was the mm-hmm. last person to do it? Hiroshi, Hiroshi Tanahashi against Kojima. So, you know, this was... Wow. This was damn near perfect Can- for me. Absolutely. Um, I'm, g- I'm going to pull rank and say 10 out of 10 with this one. Yeah. I just can't give it anything else. I'm, so- I'm sorry, Gaff. Sorry? Um, okay. I don't think he's that bothered. <laughs> he's, he's, I get it. I get it. He has you no know, investment screw, until next. Screw the new, just screw the new guy. <laughs> the new guy. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, 
So, Max out of 10 for the whole of Wrestle Kingdom, guys. I think barring the odd one or two, I'm going to say... I'm going to give it 9 out of 10 overall. I would agree with you with 9 out of 10. Um... Yeah, I'll go nine out of ten. There was the odd blip, you know. I've I've vented enough on the Cody Juice Robinson match. I was left feeling very underwhelmed with uh, the Ishimori Kushida match. I ultimately think that they perhaps could have afforded more time to the juniors tag, but you know that's me being very very picky. We had some absolutely outstanding matches on this card. Absolutely, you know, everything from the main event to Jericho Naito, Jay White Okada. We had the star making performance of Jay White, and then we've got. You know, Coach Ibushi and Will Ospreay. We've got Ishii mm. and Zack Sabre Jr. All really, really good matches. And the good far, far, far outweighs any niggly, you know, hatreds I might have. So, yeah, I'll go, I'll go 9 out of 10. Great. I'm glad we're all agreed. Now, New Year's Dash. This is going to be very quick. Um, we're basically just going to stop on story beats and one excellent match. So, we started off with Chaos of Rocky Romero showing Yo versus Dave Boy Smith, Lance Archer, and Izuka. It was an Izuka match. There was a lot of biting. Moving on. Um, I cannot we have... stand Izuka. We're not... We have this rant at least once a but Even on the fucking retro review, Izuka was on it and we had this rant. And it's, moving uh, on. His gimmick is just uh, shit. I'm sorry. Moving on. <laughs> um, we have um, Chase Owens and Takahashi versus Toa Hinari and um, Homna. Just like, it's weird watching Hinari with Homna because it's like watching Makabe's current boyfriend with his ex. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is. And they keep going, oh, Mac- um, Hinari really wants to be in Great Patch Heel. I'm like, I didn't understand if this was like 2009. Who the fuck wants to be in Great Patch Heel nowadays? Great Patch Heel is two men. Like That's it. Like, like who wakes up and thinks, you know what I w- want to be? A member of Great Patch Heel. Um... <laughs> It have basically been overtaken by the main unit and now with the recent storyline been basically taken over by chaos exactly. so um but keep an eye on the bullet club um for these two and for later in the night yeah absolutely. um next we had david finley and juice robinson versus the best friends and brett's mum was in the crowd <laughs> she's the most over person in Corrick and hall that night uh <laughs> it was amazing and i love that fact that she- Him. And Beretta was just shouting, I already hugged you. I already hugged you. Um, Chucky T continued to be crazy. Um, it was a good match. It just went nowhere. It, it was actually pretty good. Um, but the thing is, Beretta's mum was the best part about it. Yeah, um, next, we had the actual good match um, Go O Ishii and Osprey versus Cobb, Kushida, and Nagata. And like any one of these people could face any one of these people coming up, and I would actually be quite happy. Yeah, this I was, was fantastic. I, I was hoping we were going to set up Kushida versus Osprey to sort of get more junior representation in the heavyweight side because they've sort of neglect, neglected their juniors for the past few years. But one thing I will say, and we, uh-huh. you know, Osprey won after what was a fucking phenomenal match, and you know, for mm-hmm. for a New Year dash anyway, I think it'll get four stars um, mm-hmm. from Meltzer. But the thing I noticed was after this match, Osprey fist bumped Kushida. Now, mm-hmm. that could mean one of two things. Is Osprey just saying goodbye out of the junior division? Or is this Kushida's swan song? 
the thing is about the junior division is that it's very it's 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 very much a hive mind. Like if you watch any press conference going up to a junior event, it would be about furthering a junior division as opposed to the heavyweight division where it's like, I want to be the main person so I can leave my mark on Japanese wrestling. Yeah. The two. So once a junior, always a junior might just be it. I doubt if it's Kashida Swan song. Um, I doubt they just end it without saying anything. They say something normally. Maybe. So maybe, um, I very much doubt it. Um, cause they, set up stuff in this match. They set, they, they're really going hard on Cobb versus Goto, which I'm not complaining about, but... No. Like, both in the, in the scramble and here. And also Nagata and Ishii, which, that would hurt. Like, how is Nagata still Nagata? I don't understand how they are taking the, like, the bumps and the strikes that they are both taking, but Jesus Christ, I am well up for that match. Very, very up for that match. Absolutely. Anyway, next up, this is weirdly not worth talking about apart from one thing, is the Bullet Club team retaining their championship against Taguchi, Makabe, and Yano. I don't remember anything about, about this match until Takahashi and Owens turned up. And I assume they're joining back up with Bullet Club just because they couldn't be bothered buying new gear. It seems that way, doesn't it? Plus the elites <laughs> yeah, it, are fucking off, so it makes it, sense yeah, to go back. I think it's most, yeah, I think that's mostly it, because quite look at Chase Owens, he's a carny if it ever was a carny. Yeah, true. <laughs> um... Anyway, now on to the best match of the weekend uh, with Suzuki Gun of El Desperado Suzuki, Taichi, um, Kanemaru, and Sabre Jr. versus the LAJ team of all of LAJ, apart from Takahashi. Um, and massive brawl to start. That chair shot by Taichi, like, out, like beyond my love of him, you cannot deny how fucking brutal that chair shot was to Naito. It broke he the broke fucking the chair. chair chair yeah he broke the chair and then rob i want you to say this who picked up the pin for here just before you say i've just got a couple of things to say before i tell you who got the pinfall and it's therefore charging okay. the intercontinental title um the first thing i want to point out is when was the last time you saw um suzuki goon be this vicious they were on a different level to where New they usually are um <laughs> New Year's Dash two years ago. Yeah, 2017, which I have just finished watching, by the way. Um, I just here they were another level. Um, tai Chi eventually got the pinfall over Naito with the Black Mephisto, and there was one point where Naito was holding the belt, ready to hit Naito. Sorry, Tai Chi was ready with the belt to hit Naito, and there was a pause, and I was like, Takahashi's coming back. Takahashi's coming back, and they didn't, and Tai Chi is standing above him with the belt. So yeah, there we go. This is going to be a great match. I'm calling it, but it's going to be better than the Suzuki versus Naito matches. Yeah, they were shit, though, to be honest. They were pretty boring. But here's the thing. Suzuki Gun is like the diametric opposite of LIJ. So this feud is inherently good. We just can't have Suzuki and Naito going at it. So if Sabre Jr. is going to be feuding with Ishii, um, going forward, because Rev Pro storylines are starting to treacle into um, New Japan, I I think Taichi is your best option. Fair enough. Fair enough. And also, and also, he is God, and also he is amazing, and also I love him. Um, Move on. Onto, <laughs> onto, I told you he cut my gushing short. Um, the last match of the night was Fale Gato J White, aka Rest of Bullet Club versus no elite on this at all now that I look at it 
yeah, I think that's I think that's fairly indicative exactly. of what's happening. Yeah. Um, taking on the chaos team of Okada, Tanahashi, and do I have to say I don't want to say his name? I don't like him. You say it, Rob. This main event was billed as the combat match of Yoshihashi, who was injured <laughs> at the end of last match at the end of last year. Sorry. Um, and this it, this was my issue with the entire thing. So basically, Jay White won um, after pinning Yoshihashi after a Blade Runner, um, mm-hmm. and then he went on to challenge and beat down Tanahashi, which is perfect. Mm-hmm. I think that is definitely the place would you know a place to go. Um, whether it's a new year's uh, sorry new beginning, I don't know because I mean, is Tanahashi going to lose at New Beginning? Uh, I mean, it could happen. It could. Happen. It happened with Okada. So whether Jay White will take it there, I don't know. I'm well up for Jay White doing that. The thing that I want to talk to you is, okay? The thing I want to talk about is I've just said like I've said, I've just finished New Beginning 2017. New so, Beginning 2017, I. So sorry, New Year's Dash 2017. And in the last couple of years, in 2016, we had Kenny turn on AJ. We had mm-hmm. in 2017 the return of Suzuki Goon. In 2018, mm-hmm. we had Jay White turn on Omega. And we had the um, Chris Jericho attack on Naito. Here, mm-hmm. aside from the usual storytelling, which was fine, which was good, which was solid, there was nothing. There was no progress on the Chaos Mall. There was no progress on the what the hell Chucky T is doing. And it just felt like we were waiting for something to happen. And then it was the end. It, it just felt like it was perfect. Think- and it was Yoshihashi's main event... And if Yoshihashi was going to be the mole, turn him there. It just it would make sense, but I don't know, nothing. I just felt very, very. Oh, well, that was it, was it? Okay. I think we've. I think what we've forgotten about with the chaos mole thing is that the main unit is now in chaos, effectively. So it could be a main unit guy. I'd love it to be Ishii. It's not going to be, but I'd love it to be Ishii. I'd rather Ishii be sort of the second to a kind of the second to Jay White, to be honest with you. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. But even so, it'd just be it'd just be interesting. Massive swerve. Yeah, um, Russo. Um, I think what you're forgetting <laughs> about here, Rob, is that this has one of the best moments in New Japan history with Barretta's mum turning up, making her debut in first of many. She's undefeated in New Japan. She hasn't had a match, but that's irrelevant. I've heard she's going to challenge Tai Chi after he wins the belt at New Beginning. I, I would be down for that. Tai Chi versus. Um, actually, Taishi's valet versus Beretta's mom. <laughs> I mean, after after this show, we had we've got Tanahashi versus Jay White, we've got Taichi yeah. versus Naito, and we've got Beretta versus um, Juice. So ultimately, yeah. it's not it's done well this show storyline wise. I just felt like there was something else. Yeah, thing is, um, two of these feel like transitional feuds, and then we also have Taichi versus Naito. Um, <laughs> I don't know I thought I thought it was a passable. It's dash. It's like um, it's like how on a I think on one of the um, post mania shows this year we didn't have an NXT call up and that felt underwhelming. I think it's just a wee bit like right. The standard's been too high over the past few years. It sort of reached its apex last year of Chris Jericho turning up, and you know it's a cool down year this year, but it's gonna. Be, and again, New Year's Dash is basically fucking. Um, to- <laughs> yeah, no, unboxing's better than this, man. Seriously, watch watch an unboxing show. It is incredible. <laughs> um, like I haven't watched this years, but yeah, apart from I've had Jordan Grace and Will Ospreay winning the Progress Tag Team Championships ruined for me. That was well, you've ruined it for anyone that's listening to this and is going to do it now. Well done. 
it's out on demand now, man. Oh, okay. um, I wait to spoil my thing. Except for you going, oh, you mean the Jordan Grace thing? I didn't even know she was there. Thanks for that, Rob. Um, <laughs> so, you don't even watch progress. How did you know? Uh, anyway. I know everything. Twitter. <laughs> anyway, so Twitter. this has been the this has been the Young Lion podcast hosted by me. I'm not doing it again. Um, <laughs> it's been nice having you, Gaff. Where can we find you? Uh, I'm Akrama Jackson. Yeah, awesome. I'll see you in Blackpool, Gaff. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> a week now. It's not even a week away now, lads. It's, that's crazy. I still need to start my travel. Shit. Uh, anyway. First, the first official meetup. I know. Yeah. I feel like it's a bigger occasion for you and Rob because I've only been here for like six months. Um, That's a good point. That's a good point. Are you ready for this, Garth? <laughs> I feel like I'm going to I'm underwhelm ready. and disappoint. I'm ready. It's what my message says, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rob, where can we be underwhelmed by you? Uh, at Real Rob Goodwin is where the underwhelming takes place. Yes, um, I've been Chris O'Brien. Follow me at Young Lions CXT. My DMs are open because no one slides into them. Um, I have. I'll see you lads in. This actually, this is my last. This is my last last podcast for Black. But no, 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 we'll have the preview and like the review of the six shows we haven't done yet. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Um, anyway, so see you guys next time. Adios. Bye.